Welcome to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Here you will find a variety of podcasts from authors, bloggers, and speakers ready to encourage you on your daily journey. I can't wait to get started. And now let's listen to today's show. Let me introduce you to the newest free online event coming to the homeschool community. Homeschool Connect Expo is totally free and totally online with over 70 speakers and 120 exhibitors. All online and all on demand, March 28th through the 30th. Our online expo provides everything a traditional convention has to offer without the hassles or costs, making it convenient for you. Sponsors are PureFlix, AOP, Summit Ministries, and Tell Library. Again, homeschoolconnectexpo.com, March 28th through March 30th. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. What is creation? Did God create the world in six days and rest on the seventh? Does anyone really care? These questions and many more, including teaching tips and great resources, are presented in the Creation Science Podcast. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and it's my pleasure and honor to be your host. Some of these shows are from my Best of Creation Expos, and other presentations I've completed throughout the years of teaching on this topic. I'm the owner of Media Angels, Inc., a publishing company that produces books, audios, and videos to help you and your family in your Christian walk. Check out my books and other podcasts at MediaAngels.com. To get the show notes for this broadcast, go to CreationSciencePodcast.com. And now, let's learn together. Hi, my name is Felice Gerwitz. Today I have a very special guest on the line who is my daughter, Christina Gerwitz-Moss. And um, she is doing a second session with us today. Our first one is on the website, so if you missed that, you'll want to catch that one first. And we talked a little bit about, um, you know, Christina being homeschooled and the fact that we um, decided to write this series um, was based on her interest in writing. Um, this set of um, this interview is going to be more about the Truth Seekers Mystery Series and about the books. So thank you, for Christina, for joining me again. Thank you for having me, and I'm glad we finally got our schedules to, to jive so that I could be here. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to give a little bit of background about the books, if that's okay with you, and then um, we're going to discuss each one of them. Sounds great. Okay, the first one is um, entitled The Missing Link Found. And um, years ago we went on a Peace River fossil float that was um, hosted by uh, Tom DeRosa with the Creation Studies Institute. And Tom DeRosa is actually one of our speakers for this expo. So you'll want to go find one of his um, sessions as well as one of our sponsors. He's actually sponsored twice with his publisher, uh, Master Books, as well as... Um, he uh, did a sponsorship with Creation Studies Institute. And when we went on the Peace River fossil float, you know, we were fascinated because of the things that we found, and it's a freshwater um, excavation that is, um, they have found some mammoth bones and, uh, and that sort of thing. So when we were writing our first book, um, you know, I, I said to Christina, you know, when we write, it's easier to write what we know. So let's talk about what we could write about. And Christina immediately thought about the fossil float. So um, we we set the book in Florida um, in the Peace on the Peace River, which is in Arcadia. 
And um, oddly enough, that's where your husband lived part of the a part of his life, isn't it? Growing yeah. Up? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about writing this book, and I was telling him about the campground and how it was a real place. And he said, "Oh, I know the campground. We used to run there as kids and play with the owner's kids at the campground." So yes, <laughs> it is. It is funny that 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 came back into into our lives. Oh, funny. And so we wrote this book um, based in Florida. So it has to do with the missing link being found and that Anna's and Christian, the main characters in the book, um, their dad is involved in that his brother, who is in charge of this dig, um, has taken ill. And the father, um, Anna Christian Murphy's father, Dr. Murphy, has um, a degree in anthropology, but he is a photographer at this point just because he didn't want to travel as much, you know, and, and have that take him away from his family. Uh, so he goes to help his brother, and um, subsequently they uncover and unearth this fossil. And while they're there, they have um, another cousin um, who is there, or, or the cousin who is there, and he is a diehard evolutionist. So Anna and Christian are trying to help their cousin understand that you know evolution is a falsehood and so there's a lot of discussion and one of the things we did in these books was to have a dialogue between someone who is a creationist and someone who is an evolutionist to try to discuss the you know the truth about science um, from a biblical standpoint so um, Christina, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Anna and maybe some of her personality quirks and then Christian? Um, sure, I can talk about that. I mean, I think that Anna was just supposed to be um, – was supposed to be the a little bit of the voice of reason, whereas Christian was more willing to take um, some risks and stuff. But I also wanted to talk about – I thought you brought up an excellent point, and I don't want to um, miss – talking about how we included the creation versus evolutionist debate in a dialogue form. And I felt like as a kid and as we were writing yearbooks and we were talking about um, all of the different um, just discussions that you could have about creation and evolution, everything that was written I felt like was written more from a textbook-ish type you know, these are the facts, this is what a creationist believes, and this is what an evolutionist believes. And it was written as, you know, this is one thing and the other, but there was nothing that was written that we had found that combined the two so that when a kid was put in a situation that somebody didn't believe or they started talking about millions of years or something like this, we wanted the kids to be able to think back on our on our discussions that were in these books and be able to say, oh, well, I know how to answer that question because Christian answered that question in the book. Or this is how he handled it when somebody was talking about how the earth couldn't possibly be thousands of years old. And so I think that that was a really big part of of these books was writing was writing this information that 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 we knew, but writing it in a dialogue format so that um, kids could be confident in what they believed and what they were being taught, 
um, from a creationist standpoint and that they would be able to to share their beliefs with others and this would help them be confident in sharing their beliefs because they had read it and they were understanding it from a question and answer or a, you know, in a dialogue form. Right. And then one of the things, too, that I wanted to add is on our website we have hundreds of of emails that people have sent us and we pulled out some of our favorites and one of my favorites is a young boy by the name of Samuel and his mom wrote in Samuel loved your books and couldn't put them down he has recently been talking to some boys he knows that don't know the Lord about evolution nothing has inspired him to want to know more until he read your books your books have inspired him and it goes on but I, I think you're right Christina it was hard to get even my own kids to um, you know, want to read some books, no matter how beautifully illustrated they were, um, with a lot of facts. But in the story format, they were able to get a lot of the facts um, in, a, in a very entertaining manner that I think stuck with them. And, um, you know, Anna and Christian are both teenagers, and even so, you know, we started the books. When you publish a book, you have to say where it fits. And so we had put the books in a 12 years old and up. It's really for younger readers that can read well, we have um, a vocabulary in the back of the book um, because of some terms that may not be familiar to the children or the parents, and we also have literature study guides that go along with them. Um, with this book, Christina, you know, what do you feel, um, you know, kept the continuity of the story together? Well, I think the timeline really helped with making things um, Flow, and I don't know if you're talking about from one book to the other or within um, a single book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just within this book, uh huh. Um, I think that it was the timeline that really helped us have things flow from one to the other. And I really liked that as much as um, I think Grandma was teasing you, um, we talked about in the last. Uh, episode about um, wanting to read my part and not reading, wanting to read the science part. Um, I think we did, um, we made it a big point to have the science and uh, the learning part of the book be so ingrained and move the story in such a way that you really couldn't read it and understand it to its fullest potential without reading and understanding the science aspect of the book which I think was really exciting for us because um, there just wasn't a lot of other books out there that were trying to teach as well as entertain um, to the level that we were we were trying to um, entertain with, with having the mystery and having it be um, the missing link that was supposed to be found and just some other little twists and turns we had we had throughout the book. Right. Well, in our second book, um, Dinosaur Quest at Diamond Peak, Christina decided she wanted to write about dinosaurs, and that was another one of those, Christina, we don't know anything. But um, at that point, we wrote the Internet... We about what we knew, so, you know, we right, were moving so on. First one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was time to explore, and so we wanted to write about that. And so I, I don't know why, and I'm sure it had nothing to do with me, but you picked the Rocky Mountain National Park. And I remember um, trying to get some pictures for the front cover of the book and had a, a gentleman who was one of the naturalists there. And when he found out I was writing a creation 
book, he would not sell me the photograph of the mountain we wanted. I ended up having to go to like some click art place and, and pay quite a bit of money for that mountain. I know how much the mountain and the rock <laughs> cost me. <laughs> In those days, it was really expensive to get, you know, that kind of thing. But um it was amazing and so we were in the midst of writing that when um, um, one of the people that I knew um, at the Creation Studies Institute what you know they kind of took us under their wings um, when Jill just for some backstory when Jill Whitlock and I began writing the creation science study guides we um, approached Creation um, Institute because we had gotten a lot of our, in, our research there, and Jill had studied creation for 10 years. And so they had, they had tried to give us a, a four-book contract for the books at the time, and we really wanted to keep them with an open study guide appeal for the homeschool community. So um, in, in doing so, they offered to read and edit the books. So we actually knew some scientists there that would read our, our materials. And when I came up with this, um, these novels, one of the scientists offered to, to read them as well as his wife. And so we had no less than three scientists and, and many editors and many kids read these books as we were writing them. So um, for this book in particular, um, they had found some, um, some blood, dinosaur um, bones, um, that had blood that was not fossilized, and that was huge because um, for dinosaurs to be 65 million years old, as we read about in all the books, um, you can't have non-fossilized blood. So we made that a key um, in this book, that when the, these remains were uncovered, and of course, Anne and Christian were right there um, and um, were able to participate in this dig. Um, is there anything you remembered about the book that you wanted to share? Um, no, other than um, obviously the the not fossilized blood that was found, um, we got from another dig that we had researched. So that was um, that was a fact of of something that was found, and so I think we right. got a lot of that information from um, our in depth research that we did. So that was, um, I thought, a really interesting thing. And I remember um, specifically, I was I was thinking about the book as you were talking, and I remember this book had a lot of them them debating and discussing with a couple of the other scientists and archaeologists and paleontologists that were working on the dig. And I remember a couple of those key conversations that I thought were really um, well done on your part, and <laughs> I think we had a lot of action. <laughs> we had a lot of action in there as well. But I remember some key conversations that I thought were really um, that were just really well done because I know so many kids love dinosaurs, and um, and that sometimes they get really caught up in the millions of years. Um, just recently, my husband was reading a book to my children, and it was a dinosaur book, and they had something about millions of years old and I and of course he read it before he thought and then I looked at him and I said well you need to start editing yourself honey (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know you think about because I think um, sometimes we don't realize that even even those even when they're little they definitely are hearing and absorbing everything and so um, of course he thought it was he thought it was funny that I was I was still um, you know concerned about the millions of years which you know like I said it's just 
being being aware of of what we're teaching our children. And so I thought there were a lot of really good discussions in that book in particular. And there were a lot of um, fun things that I think we tried to do in that book that were just new and different. And uh, we took a lot of of forward thinking um, magazines and just some of the interesting technologies, I think. Um, I guess you'll just have to read it to know exactly what we're talking about. But um, <laughs> I think there were a lot of, a lot of, we had a lot of fun with that one in particular. I think just doing, um, doing research and, and being able to include it in our book. That's, that's definitely true. And, and that was a really fun book. It, it was really challenging, but it was really fun. And then the third book, which is Keys to the Past Unlocked, is about a Spanish galleon. We're back in Florida, and we are in one of Christina's favorite places, and that is the Keys. Um, our family is a scuba diving family. I'm a scuba diver in card holding and name only. I've never <laughs> been diving with my children. Uh, Christina told me it was a very scary thing to think about me going with her. What happens as you age, and, and back in those days, I was still, you know, late 30s, uh, early 40s, a little bit younger, and you still wouldn't let me go diving, Christina. Um, we. <laughs> I don't let myself go at this point if I wait any longer. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, but I had I had been a scuba diver in college and I remember loving it, even though I had not done a lot of it. And so in those days, you could go down a lot further than they let you go today. And so um, a group of our friends had decided that we would um, get the dads to go with our older teens, and they would go take scuba classes together. So. About six of you guys, I think, went, and three families, I remember, with five children. Yeah. And so everyone was certified, and, um, and so we tried to go to the Keys as much as we possibly could. So that was, seemed like a perfect locale. And, uh, of course, Spanish galleons um, and buried treasure is always a high point, you know, in, in a, a lot of stories, and so that was our basis for that. And, um, and so, you know, we actually um, did research actual digs, but uh, this one, you know, La Senora Francesca, I think, um, I, I don't remember actually even right now if that was a real one or not or if we just made that up. Do you remember, Christina? I'm trying I to think. I actually don't. I think that the name was from um, some of our research that we had done. And I know we had to do a lot of research because even though um, I'd done some stuff with archaeology and whatever, um, the underwater archaeology was definitely a lot of different techniques and things that they used. And I remember that being something that we had to, we had to research um, in depth so that we could um, talk about that. And also, obviously, um, I think just our, our love of the keys and the ocean in general made this book um, a lot of fun to write and just the aspects of adding the scuba diving um, obviously loved scuba diving and just loved all of all of what went along with just the sea life and and everything with that so yes this was a a great book I don't know about that in particular though the name well Right. Well, the thing is that, you know, as you can see, I'm pretty fearless about going out in public and saying that I don't remember, but that was, you know, a little bit of time ago anyway. Um, one of the things we did in the book is we had 
factual science facts intertwined with the storyline. So the story is a fiction, but the, the facts were true. And so when you when we dealt with, like Christina said, with the art, um, the underwater scene, you know, what could you possibly um, use as a a source of, you know, some sort of evolutionary creation thing? And I remember kind of being stuck on that, and and we had at that point had a deadline. I had pre-sold those books, so from the publishing end of the house, I was pretty stressed about getting that book out there. Plus, of course, we had a homeschool conference to go to, a big one, and that was always really good. For to give us a deadline. So when we were working on that book, I remember coming into Christina's room and looking on your bookshelf because you always had such great books. Um, also, Christina has that creative um, decorating side of the house that I don't have, and they were always artistically arranged. So even if I came in her room and just sat and looked at her shelves, it was relaxing to me. So I remember looking, and I found a book on art- out-of-place artifacts or op art or they're called oop-arts, or however you want to call them. But um, that book gave us the basis for what the mystery would be in the book. And it was really a cool tie-in. And once again, it was read by um, no less than three creation scientists. And the way um, that worked was um, I had used a lot of original research by Larry Vardaman, Dr. Larry Vardaman, who is with the Institute for Creation Research, um, ICR, and so um, when I had given the book to our, um, our lady, um, actually it was um, one of the scientists at ICR, his wife was an editor, and she always ran, read um, the books for us, uh, Jan did. And so she was reading one of our books, um, editing it, um, sitting in her car waiting for her husband when Dr. Vardaman walked by. And so she asked, him, um, you know, he said, what are you doing? And she told him what she was doing. And she said, you know, um, to me later, she said, you know, it just hit me. Do you want him to take a look at it? And I said, absolutely. And of course, you know, as God would have it, his office was very, very close to her husband's office. And um, he read this, just the section on the sedimentary layers. And he thought, you know, that I had done a good job of conveying what his books um, and his um, abstracts, he, I read a lot of science scientific abstracts. I had a whole notebook full of them. And I really enjoyed reading them. I thought they were fascinating. And only me, right, Christina? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was um, concentrating on the scuba diving and the sunken treasure and all the fun stuff. <laughs> I'm going through the abstracts. But and the only his only comment was he pointed out some sections that might be a little bit difficult for a, a normal you know child to understand. So we went through and clarified those, mm-hmm. and um, and so it was it it turned out to be very possibly one of the favorite books of the kids that ended up um, reading them, and um, you know it it was really I think by the third book, Christina, we got good at writing mysteries. And I think also that we had talked about, um, I had read a couple of series where the first book was fantastic, and the second book was really, really good, and the third book was just really bad. <laughs> and so I know when we, when we decided to um, make this a series and we talked about it, um, we both had come to, you know, the conviction that um, we were only going to continue to write if they got better, and that, um, and I think that 
hopefully that's what that's what we did was with each book um, improved not only our skills but improved um, what we were offering the readers in just the dialogue and how we and how we put the book together and I think that that was a big concern on both of our minds was just to you know not have people buy it just because it was oh well, we liked the other one um, but that it was that it was the best piece of fiction that we could we could um, you know, right at the time in right. and of itself, not just in the series. That's right. And then also, you know, the way just the Lord provided in so many of these books, the first book, um, the cover editor or the cover creator for my um, creation science book, put that together. And so he set out the format of what that book was going to look like. And then he stopped doing graphic art. Um, and so I had to hire another um, graphic artist for book number two or, and three, but it came out, you know, like you wouldn't know it was a different um, artist that did that. And so we needed somebody repelling from a mountain. And again, you know, art back then was really difficult. You couldn't just go to, you know, some of the sites today and, and pay for credits and, and get a whole bunch of really nice art. And so um, I knew we, we needed to have somebody looking like that they were repelling down a mountain for the Rocky Mountain one and the Dinosaur Quest book and then the, sec, the third book, um, someone scuba diving. So for the second book, um, I had to ask one of my friends who made me get on the phone with her son um, who we needed to hang from a tree in my front yard if you remember that whole stage yes, in the back, I do. And our, our friends that were the the firemen that actually had repelling gear. <laughs> yes, and that was. And he lived a block away, and he just drove his truck over to our house, and we we hung Michael from the tree. And so, and uh, I remember he was on his way to a basketball tournament. And he had like really white shoes, so I think the artist had to kind of tone down his shoes. But he he looks like he's repelling down from a mountain, and then at the bottom is um, actually that friend of ours who was a firefighter, his daughter wearing um, one of Christina's jackets, because her hair, Megan's hair, was just um, the way you described Anna's. Right, right. And when we saw so, her, I think she had just gotten her hair cut, too. When we saw her, we're like, oh, we know who Anna's going to be. <laughs> that's right. So, good thing you, we have and, good sports as friends, you know, oh, <laughs> willing to go along with us. And then for the third book, we went across the street, you know, basically it's a couple of miles away from our house to the place where you guys took the scuba diving lessons and, and just, we were going to rent the, the tanks and everything and they, you know, you had the rest of your gear and wetsuits and he said, oh no, well, I'll just loan them to you when we told him what we wanted them for. And that was Michael's brother, Eric, who um, also was a diver and, and I talked him into coming into our swimming pool and I was too buoyant. In fact, I even tried, I think, to put, like, weight belts over my legs, but I was underwater with an underwater camera <laughs> trying to take a picture. And I had to go out to the front yard where my husband was doing some yard work and say, could you please hold me underwater um, by my shoulders in the shallow end so I could take a picture of Christina and Eric? And he said, do you want me to do what? So <laughs> I got, you got your dad to do that, and we took the picture, and it surprisingly came out great. You know, it was... 
uh, like I said, amazing how the Lord provided yeah, on especially us. especially with the quality of that underwater camera. Yeah, it was fun. Um, right. I think you're a rescue diver, Christina. I think that was the end of your diving career was, was at the rescue diving level. Well, I thought um, it would be fun at the time to become an instructor, but... Um, yeah, I guess that's for another time in my life <laughs> <laughs> when I'm a grandma. That's right. That's right. Well, I, again, want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about the series, and hopefully those people who are listening will get a flavor of what the books are about and um, and our hearts, you know, to bring, you know, the Lord to people, um, you know, through our writing. And just, um, I think, you know, creation just does, an amazing job of pointing everybody back to the creator who is God. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again for coming on, Christina. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot more fun and enjoyable than I, that I was afraid it was going to be. So I appreciate it. And thank you for making me do all those things as a kid that I didn't want to do. And obviously (laughs) now still as an adult. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You can learn more about the series at www.truthseekersmysteryseries.com or on our website at mediaangels.com. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Creation Science Podcast. You can find the show notes at creationsciencepodcast.com. And as always, reach out to me, Felice Gerwitz, at felice at mediaangels.com. Take care, God bless, and I hope you enjoy teaching your children and learning about the beautiful world that God created. Please share this broadcast with a friend, and thanks so much. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Look for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts. Join our email list on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.com.